Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorkon, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out big news with us today. Happy to have him back, Richard Murphy, CEO of Manitou Gold, to the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol MTU, and for friends of the US under MNTUF. For those near to the story, here's what you need to know. And if you're into gold and resources, you're going to really like this. Manitou controls 100% of the Goudreau Project in Northern Ontario, where they're accelerating exploration uh, in search of Canada's next gold discovery and maybe even a mine. But they're not doing that alone because we know a lot of companies like to talk the talk. They're supported by two majors in Alamos, who is a $4 billion producer that owns 19.99% of the company, and O3 Mining, the Cisco Group company that owns 9.99%. And so they're assisting Manitou both on the balance sheet and even in the boardroom because the C. Uh, the COO of Alamos is a director of Manitou. The CFO of O3 is a Manitou director as well. And both companies participated in a recent $5 million financing to maintain their ownership percentages and board. Why are they doing this? Well, the area of the Goudreau project hosts two multi-million ounces gold deposits. Alamos has a high-grade uh, island mine and Argonaut Gold's planned open pit gold mine and processing mill uh, that's been green-lighted for development in 2023. Uh, Manitou itself has two zones that are separated through, through faulting. The Goudreau uh, deformation zone has seen multiple discoveries, uh, and the Baltimore deformation zone that has not had any discoveries until today. Manitou believes these two deformation zones may be part of an original single zone separated due to faulting, uh, and the press release we're talking about Manitou Gold intersects 19.7 grams per ton of gold in new discovery at the Bald Eagle Gold Zone. Richard, welcome back to Agoracom. Uh, thank you very much, George. Before we jump into details about the press release, because whenever we're talking about geology, there are details, and we have some great maps we're going to be taking a look at. Big picture, how big is this new discovery to your overall theory? Well, in a nutshell, it validates our exploration model. Um, you mentioned the two important deformation corridors, the goudreau lacalche deformation corridor uh, to the west, and I'll illustrate that in a couple of minutes uh, for your viewers, um, is seen well over a million ounces of, uh, sorry, well, well over a million meters of diamond drilling for gold, uh, resulting in you know, the discovery of multi-million ounce deposits. Um, that corridor is, is fault offset. It's truncated on its eastern end, displaced further north. Uh, onto lands that we own 100% and uh, extends for the next 18 kilometers uh, through our property. Now we uh, have basically uh, hypothesized that uh, the gold bearing system at the Goudreau Lacalche, evidenced by these multiple million ounce deposits, uh, ought to continue through the Baltimore Deformation Corridor on our property. Um, through our drilling uh, beginning at the, the, the start of 2021, uh, we began to validate that model, hitting you know many holes of, of tens of meters of material grading in around one gram per ton. But it wasn't until uh, today, basically, that we've been able to deliver the sort of results um, that our neighbors to the west have, have, have proven up in that um, similar deformation corridor. All right, so seeing is believing. Why don't you bring up for us uh... A, a couple of uh, a couple of graphs that we should a couple of maps we should be taking a look at. And while you're bringing that up, 
Richard's going to run us through both deformation zones uh, on the project and the reasoning behind exploring uh, an area with no prior exploration in the Baltimore deformation zone. That's going to be interesting. So tell us what we're running through, what, what we're looking at here, Richard. And I remember, I'm not a geologist. A lot of people are watching our geologists, but this is a great map that's going to help people visually understand uh, what's what's happening with this news. So the, the background of this map, I mean, we're looking at the eastern end of a, of a greenstone belt. Um, the western end of it has also got gold deposits. It's it's dominated by Westone mines uh, where they operate <coughs> the, the Eagle River mine and uh, mill complex and the Mishi open pit. But in this, um, I guess, eastern part of the, the, uh, the belt, uh, there's a, a dominant player um, being Alamos with their island gold mine. Uh, right now, Island is sitting at about uh, three and a half million ounces of, of quite high grade resources and reserves, um, well over uh, 11 grams and, and, and growing, growing rapidly. If you look at the uh, exploration success they're having over the past several years, uh, immediately adjacent to and uh, west of the Island Gold Mine is the Magino open pit currently being developed by Argonaut. They're doing the earthworks uh, pre-strip and, and actually starting to build the mill now. Uh, and that mine is projected to be online in a couple of years. Uh, that's also another giant deposit, uh, stands at 6 million ounces um, reserves and, and resources combined. Uh, both of those occur within that Goudreau Lacalche deformation corridor. It's very, very important. Um, there's over 10 million ounces, as I just uh, outlined, defined in it. There are other, um, historic producers, uh, all owned now by Alamos. That deformation corridor is cut off by a, by a fault on its east end. And <clears throat> it continues on, it's been truncated and offset to the north, called the Baltimore deformation corridor as it continues on to the east through the Manitou property. Uh, one way to contrast these, I mean, the Goudreau- And Home, is, by the way, the Manitou property, so they know, is the yellow shaded area. Yellow shaded area. You guys um, right, are right in the thick of things. Yeah, it, it, well, we've got, we're actually the largest landowner uh, by a, a wide margin here. It, we own approximately 350 square kilometers contiguous. It's 100%. Nobody's got back ends, anything else. It's, it's entirely ours. Um, so that Baltimore deformation corridor, um, no historic resources, but again, almost no historic drilling either. So the, in, in, in particular, like now, we're looking at the Western 10 kilometers of the Baltimore deformation zone with a current work program through this year. Uh, we spent about uh, three and a half million dollars uh, to date, not on drilling, but on uh, geophysical surveys, geochem surveys, and boots on the ground geology and, and prospecting. So we've really done a lot of work to, to prove up our targets in the Western 10 kilometer section of the Baltimore deformation zone. And that particular piece of prospective ground has actually never been drilled in the past, ever. Um, and I got a couple of other uh, more detailed maps we can get into in a minute here, but yep. at a high level, <clears throat> uh, what we're talking about is, is, is a deformation corridor that's identical uh, to the Gujo Lakalsh hosting over 10 million ounces of gold. Uh, currently, that's growing. And in the part we're looking at 10 kilometers along strike has not cut a hole in it. So I think we're in elephant country and it's it's virgin territory literally untested yeah. with the drill and it's great the way you illustrate that why that's why this was so important richard to, to show that but here's what i find uh curious 
the today's results are from the bald eagle goal zone that you have as a star there, and you might want to use your mouse just to uh, drive one's attention to it. Um, that's not right in the corridor there. So what led you guys to uh, to drill over there? I'll, I'll, I'll answer that in the context of another map here. <clears throat> so right now we're looking again at that 10 kilometers. I'll start off with this. So that's a, just the western 10 kilometers of the Baltimore deformation zone here. Right. We're looking at in more detail. This is an area we, we, we chose to start with. We knew it was going to be more geologically complex, which is typically a, a, a positive when it comes to uh, uh, finding gold deposits. Um, complex geology, complex structural setting, lots of um, uh, alteration and, and deformation of the rocks, um, big structures. I mean, that, that's the hunting ground for gold deposits. The reason we keyed on this particular area initially is because we knew of two large granitic bodies, very large um, kilometers, many kilometers uh, across. And we knew that those would basically bracket and, and constrain um, and probably intensify part of that deformation corridor. <clears throat> Something we learned in the, in the process of doing uh, this, again, three and a half million dollars of, of geotechnical work, preparing for the, the current drill program that we're undertaking, we identified a new, uh, previously unknown granitic intrusion. Um, this may sound like a little bit of boring geology. The importance of, of recognizing a third body here, though, is, is uh, very high in that now this forms a, a triple junction setting. And without going into a whole lot of detail, triple junction settings are, are widely known. Uh, they're prime targets in, in uh, load gold uh, exploration. So we have basically three arms now uh, between these granitic intrusions where this deformation uh, corridor was, was confined and intensified. And another thing we, we found uh, is uh, these, these thick, dark lines depict an area of uh, intense, uh, very deep-seated crustal scale faulting. Uh, these things actually tap down to the bottom of the crust. We know because we see ultramafic rocks that can only come from from extreme depths, uh, that that confirms that this is a crustal scale fault corridor traversing through our, our you know triple point junction. And to get back to the, your your question on uh, the bald eagle gold zone, how is it we found it? Well, we extrapolated this. You know, we we knew a lot about because of the detailed work we've done. We extrapolated ah, this across like, outside of our detailed survey area, uh, which basically is this. And we followed these crustal scale faults. We can see them in the geophysical signatures. Uh, we followed them up to the north uh, where they start to interact uh, with other faults, uh, different orientation to them. Also crustal in scale, very, very large fault system. And we came up with a, you know, a several kilometer long trend that we thought would be also prime for, for prospecting. Um, and that's literally what we did in the, in the latter part of the summer. We had several prospecting crews uh, who had done a, done a lot of the work down in the, the Baltimore deformation zone. They moved up into that, you know, what we now call the bald eagle uh, gold zone. And, and basically uh, with pick and shovel and uh, you know, determination, we're able to dig up uh, some, some gold bearing uh, quartz vein material. And uh, we just went ahead, we went ahead instead of, uh, you know, um, hitting it 
with an awful lot of geotechnical work that would take time, we decided to drill it with six holes initially and see what we get. Um, and what we got, uh, we've announced today, we're very, very happy about it. And um, we're in a position where we're going to be bringing in uh, just in a matter of days, uh, next Monday to be exact, the, uh, the second drill is scheduled to, uh, to land on the property. It's being floated in uh, from Quebec. And uh, we'll, we'll have a second drill on the project focused on that bald eagle gold zone. Uh, well, I got to tell you something. For, we've had a lot of people take us through maps and things like this. And it's pretty easy for viewers to get lost in the weeds. But the way you took it from, you know, you kind of took it from the, the big picture to the smaller one to the smaller one. And I love the way you kind of led us down the trail of breadcrumbs there that took you right to, to, the, to the bald eagle gold zone. So I, I love the way you illustrated that. It makes complete sense. In fact, it excites people watching at home. Um, you're going to bring in the second, the, the second drill. So what what amount of drilling you guys plan to do over what period of time? Uh, uh, given given the results are clearly telling you this is the way you got to go. Well, we'll be drilling at least ten thousand meters over the next two quarters. Uh, we've got uh, treasury for that. It's budgeted. Um, so one, one drill is going to continue to systematically test the targets along that Baltimore deformation corridor, you know, in that, that triple junction setting, uh, particularly. Um, and again, these are targets that have been tremendously de-risked. They don't, uh, they're not standalone, uh, with respect to, uh, you know, having attractive, uh, geochemical feature or attractive, uh, structural setting or attractive geophysical characteristics, all of our top your targets are attractive uh, from all perspectives. In other words, I mean, how many targets do you have, by the way? Because it's not just bald eagle. Then you've you've, you've got targets right along uh, that trend there. How many are you able to tell us how many how many targets you've got there? And after that, how many holes or how many meters uh, are you guys going to drill at bald eagle zone and and even the the other targets? So we've literally got about three dozen targets like of that top tier. Wow. Uh, you know, so you know, all our line spacing with the, the geochem, the geophysics was 100 meters. So you know, individual drill targets aren't just one line. Like that's not our top tier. So in other words, our average drill target is two to 300 meters across. It's got the right features, right geophysics, right geochem responses on all three lines. So they're pretty big targets. And we've literally got uh, more than 30 of these, like I said, you know, in, in the ballpark of three dozen as it stands. Um, and they're big enough, they don't take one hole each. Uh, so again, right now, uh, our program is budgeted for 10,000 meters. Um, I and think it's foreseeable. you got the budget for that right now? I mean, you've got the cash on the balance sheet or you got most of that and you may need to go back to the market later for more. No, the money, the money is in the bank for this 10,000 right. meters. So, you know, with two drills, uh, we're going to continue as long as we're having success at the bald eagle gold zone, we've, we've rushed uh, a bunch of the geophysics and geochem similar type work on a, on a smaller scale covering uh, just uh, several kilometers of strike up there. Um, uh, we do have targets, uh, Outside of it, what we've drilled to date, we can see at least uh, a 500 meter strike length of, of uh, target zone there. Um, so as long as we continue to have success, one drill is going to remain at the Bald Eagle Gold Zone. Um, but I think we're going to be uh, uh, most likely con either continuing there uh, following the success 
or moving the second drill to continue down to the Baltimore deformation zone. We're going to, uh, our, our 10,000 meters, uh, to be honest, it won't be sufficient to test all the targets we have. And that's not even allowing for, you know, exploration success. Uh, obviously, if that comes, then the whole dynamic's going to change. Sure. We won't have two drills on site. We'll have a team of drills on site. At the outset, I mentioned about the strong involvement, both on the balance sheet and in the boardroom that Alamos and O3 have. How are you able to talk about, you know, it's great that you're not going to, I think for, for any investor, when you see that a, a small cap, a, a, a small cap resource exploration company has that kind of help uh, that gives people a lot of added comfort. So are you able to talk at all about the technical direction they may be, they may be providing you, if any? Oh, absolutely. Um... Yeah, both companies provide, uh, I'd say, high-level strategic. Uh, we have uh, uh, advice. We have access to uh, the senior executive uh, in both companies. Uh, so they both do help, uh, not just financially, as you said, but uh, from a strategic uh, uh, perspective, um, as well as technical. And in particular, you know, uh, Alamos uh, being our largest shareholder and our immediate neighbor, now they're spending upwards of 20 million uh, per year on exploration immediately next door to us. So they you may, yeah, maybe go back to that first one just to make sure, just to remind everyone about where they are next door to you. Yeah. So again, the yellow property is Manitou, 350 square kilometers, immediately to the west of us, adjoining our properties uh, and contiguous with us is uh, Alamos in Brown. Right. Uh, and again, they own not only uh, the Island Gold Mine, but also the past-producing Edward and, Edwards and Klein Mines. Um, they purchased all of this, uh, Edwards and Klein, and everything uh, going eastward up to our mutual boundary now in December last year uh, for about $20 million. Uh, so they were very serious about uh, securing that for the future. Um, so we do have uh, you know, a very supportive uh, shareholder you know, again, in this in this stretch of ground here, they're they're spending about twenty million dollars this year. They've done similar last. I'm sure they'll do at least uh, similar again next year, based on the successes they're having. Um, so we uh, specifically, when it comes to technical advice, we have a uh, exploration committee, joint exploration committee, um, headed up on their side uh, by their uh, VP exploration, and uh, we meet with them fairly regularly as we come up with uh, uh, results. Uh, that's great, that's great to you know, hear. They're, they're, they're a phone call away. So we do have regular meetings, they provide a lot of input. And, and you know, the input uh, they're providing is based on, you know, seeing exactly how these gold deposits are controlled, uh, the settings, um, making large investment, they know uh, what works, what doesn't. So they do give us a lot of important uh, guidance. And, and Richard, for everyone at home who, you know, is an expert in, in, in the mining space, how big of an advantage is this to Manitou almost over all other, most other junior resource companies like George Com Gold, you know, uh, who, who's got to go it alone, has a good team of people. Yeah, but they've, they're pretty much going alone. No one's really sharing information and collaborating with them at, you know, definitely at $4 billion mark cap companies, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it is a tremendous boost. As I said, I mean, these guys, they're, they're now... They've, they've owned this uh, mine and exploration they've been doing uh, for the past four years. 
you know, they're getting close to $100 million invested, you know, that's a lot of education about the, the geology and what controls the gold mineralization. So when they when they give us uh, some suggestions on what may work, we take that very very seriously. Absolutely. Uh, if we were if we were on our own here, uh, you know, without some proven success and a little bit of knowledge imparted from the neighbors, uh, we would probably be trying some things that may not be as effective as the tools that we've used to great uh, effect. Um, I mean, that's almost a guarantee that we, we would not be able to uh, direct the, mo the money we have uh, as efficiently and as... as uh, you're, you're flying with less information. That means you got it. No matter what, you're probably going to be less precise. Than that. And by the way, it's great to see, uh, you know, it's great, to, it's great to see Alamos putting their money where their mouth is, right? I mean, they're spending $20 million uh, in, that, in, that, in that zone. Uh, so they're definitely giving, they're giving you great information. Question, last question for you, that 10 timelines, that 10,000 meters of drilling, how much time do you think uh, that'll take? Because are you constrained by weather at all? Will there, be, will there come a time in January, February, March where you might have to slow down or even stop? No, no. In fact, uh, the winter winter months, uh, I mean, there's obviously it's cold that has a certain effect on uh, drilling operations, but it, by and large, you know, diamond drillers like working through the winter here. Uh, the only time of year we have any slowdown is a winter breakup. Typically, that's late uh, latter part of April and into May, where the ground just gets mushy. So we take about a month off uh, from drilling activities around that. But otherwise, no, 10,000 meters is going to take us uh, well into, if not to the end of the first quarter next year. Uh, so basically, we've got you know five months of continuous drilling uh, with associated news flow. Uh, it's budgeted. And... Um, you know, I, I'm pretty confident that, you know, we get through this 10,000 meters, we'll have a solid crack at a lot of these targets in front of us. And, and I think we're positioned for, you know, maybe creating a little bit of luck for our shareholders. So, and, and your, the second drill comes in on Monday, which is essentially November 1st. So do you expect, uh, you know, uh, results to be coming back? It'll probably take about a good month before the first ones five six weeks but after that do you expect richard should, should investors expect that every two to three weeks two to four weeks so more results become back and because you're not waiting for the whole ten thousand meters right you're just you'll be you'll be bringing them back in phases my my anticipation is uh, likely <clears throat> somewhere in the area of a month from now uh you know today's news with probably within a month ball ballpark uh it would be my expectation on uh, next uh, results-based news. And as we go beyond that with two drills on the ground, I would, I would think on average, uh, every approximately three weeks, we should be in a position to deliver new results. So you and I are going to be spending a lot more time together here in Q4, Q1, it sounds like. I look forward to that, George. Richard, in the meantime, man, all you know, I mean, we're, we're having a nice time in this interview and you, it's, it's easy to have a good vibe when you got such great news and, and so much more promising uh, developments coming, but congratulations to you and your entire team. We know that's only you that's here on these, on these interviews, but there's an entire team behind you. Congratulations on this great milestone. Can't wait to have you back uh, when we're discussing more of these. Well, thank you again, George. And uh, I definitely look forward to uh, <clears throat> having a follow-up to this with additional, additional results in hand. Yeah. Multiple follow-ups. It sounds like between now and PDAC. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. For everybody at home, you've been watching or have been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, or your favorite podcast platform. To Richard Murphy, he's CEO of Manitou Gold, trades on the venture on the stock symbol MTU. And for our friends in the U.S., MNTUF. 
for those who are new to the story and you, you know, we saw that headline and you want to get more information, two things to do. First, get over to the company's profile page on Agoracom. We've got this really neatly laid out for you, even though Richard did a fantastic job laying out for you in video form here, but you can review it again. We got nice and neatly laid out for you, the whole path and how all the different pieces uh, fit into each other. And then after that, hop over to the Manitou website, do your deep dive due diligence. If you believe in precious metals, if you believe in gold, and if you believe in having a company that's got great neighbors around it, then hopefully you discovered Manitou Gold. Thanks for seeing it. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, the video's over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our YouTube channel so you never miss another great Agoracom small cap video.